Hello, I'm Mallory Rubin. And I'm Van Lathan. Check out the Ringerverse podcast from The Ringer for all things superhero movies, nerd culture, and fandom entertainment. We have instant reviews and fun takes on all the latest news and more available now on Spotify. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Korolbeck. And today it is Power Hour every week. We will be power ranking something every Wednesday during the season. And this week we are power ranking players you should trade for before the trade deadline, buy low candidates, whatever you want to call it. That's what we're power ranking. We're going to power rank them by name, value. It, the trade deadline for, I forget which is which. ESPN is November 20th. And Yahoo's December 1st. Other way around. It's coming up. Do you guys typically push back the trade deadline of fantasy or do you like to keep it at the earliest kind of standard time that the platform sets? I like pushing it back a little. Me too. What's the point of having it so early? Why, why yeah. do it so early? Well, I'll tell you. First of all, I messed that up. Yahoo's November 20th. ESPN's December 1st. Uh, first okay, of all, so a couple weeks I out. usually like a later trade deadline, except now I'm in leagues where if the trade deadline goes too back far and people are who are completely out of it make trades then people in the group chat lose their mind and threaten to quit and that's where i'm at in all of my leagues is people <laughs> that does happen that fraying. is very true it's like when it gets to friendships fraying i don't no longer care when the trade deadline is and just move it up so that we can just do that thanksgiving football game and no one like yells at each other that's really just really what i want to do yeah so yeah <laughs> with that said before we just dive into power, I just wanted to kind of go through like a big overview of all this of like actual keys to actually getting a deal done because we it's easy for us to just toss out by low candidates. But I actually think more important is actually finding a trade partner yeah, than a yeah. specific player. Because if you're in a league of 12, God forbid, 10 people, DK, don't want to trigger you. If you're in a league of 12 people, I think it's pretty safe to say six of them, like, there's no way you're going to get a deal done for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, then, you, you actually least. have to, if you want to make a trade, you got to go through each person's team and look at who needs what yeah. and what you can give them. And that's how you really decide. It's almost not the player. You don't just pick a player and trade for them, although that's what the show is. You have to go and look at people's teams, what they have a surplus of that you can maybe exploit. So like, if you need a running back, well, I bet eight other teams also need a running back. So they're out because like, if they have Zeke Elliott and that's it, they're not going to give you Zeke Elliott. And so you basically you really if you're lucky there, there will be four or five teams that are even on the table to make a deal with you, and then two of those owners won't even really be checking their teams or interested or get back to you. One of the other <laughs> yeah. like one of the other team managers 
probably just like will be like, no thanks. So really, you really got two teams you're working with. And I think that that's more important. It's like if one of these players we're about to mention are on those teams, that's what matters. But prioritize the person you can actually work with num over the actual players. Yeah. And then number two is you don't just send a trade offer blind. Like I'm, you should really text them. And like you should be able to explain why the deal makes sense for them. Especially in fantasy football, you where it's pour like a little honey baseball. in their ear, but yeah. don't explain it too well. Like, don't try too hard because then they're like, "Geez, dude, you're scamming me." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like, this is why it's great for well, you. You can just say like, "Hey, how do you feel about this?" There's a lot of ways to get into it. The, the car sales like, like you can like you know place. You, you can be direct. You can just be like, "Hey, our team suck." Or what? You can get into it a thousand ways. But the check point out being, the art of the deal. It's a great book. Exactly. Oh my god. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> great. But the point being, like, when you actually need to make the deal, when you actually throw an offer out there, you should be able to explain it because you don't actually want to destroy every deal. <laughs> like you want to be able, like you don't want to insult anyone and then be in a league for someone with ten years and they just think you're trying to like ruin them every deal. There, there That's definitely all. is like an art to massaging trade requests and things like that so like even if you get a trade request that is like insulting well, a lot of the times I'll just be like yeah thanks for the thanks for the request or whatever I'm good now for now but let's talk later if you have any other things like you gotta be like so polite because I mean personally if I send a trade request and someone just like laughs at you and then like sends it back or whatever it's like well fuck this guy I'm not gonna ever try and like work with this person again so bottom line I think it's it's so crucial to find someone that you actually like talking to about trades because some people are just like, look, you're never going to make a deal with them because they value their players like twice as much as everybody else would or like a rational person would. And so that's just out the window. Um, so I like bottom line, I'm always about trading with the person. I'm not I'm actually less about the certain specific players and just like finding a good trade partner that you can actually like have a good conversation with. So I don't know if that actually helps. <laughs> and there is podcast, the time. But. There is the time honored tradition of ask them what they want and see if you can give that them to them that's uh um, yeah. that's always a great strategy also one other one i'm going to steal from matthew berry which is that if you get 80 percent of what you want take it because you'll screw the whole thing up trying to get the last 20 percent i think yeah, that's very haggle. true haggling is the worst like it, it's generally speaking sometimes when you tr you get greedy right at the end and then the whole thing yeah. falls apart avaricious people <laughs> yeah all right with all that said okay Players you should target for, for, and really, again, this is like if on those rosters that you have the two or three managers you can actually work with, you see one of these players, your ears should perk up. Okay. Yeah. DK, who we're, we're power ranking these on name ranking. Yeah. This is so like we all name kind power. of agreed on this. Don't forget, every time you hear this sound, Tom Tom Club, baby. Yeah. That's when you know <laughs> it's time Tom -tom. to move on, and we likely will not abide by the timer. I am going to work extremely hard at respecting the timer this week. Yeah, I'm will sure you, you will, DK? I'm going to try. I'm going to really try. Sure All right. Thing. Got okay. some haters on Twitter talking about yeah. it. Yeah. Disrespecting Tom Tom. Yeah, Club. there's a haters right now on this podcast. I hate that you disrespect Tom Tom. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Um, all right. Start start the timer. Started. I'm going to get right into it. Here we go. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it started, DK. You're wasting Saquon time. Saquon Barkley of the Giants. Ever heard of him? Yeah. So, obviously, he's not going to be cheap because he has really strong name power. Everyone knows he's an elite athlete. He's an elite player type guy. Um, but I think at this point in the season, if you have a team that's sort of languishing, needs s several pieces or something to, to have any hope of competing, maybe send out a few offers. Maybe it'll work. 
Um, Giants, and here's why I like it. Number one, I think he's getting healthy. I think he's coming back. They actually kept him out an extra week. Now he has a bye, um, so his ankle should be good. His knee will be even more healthy than it was early in the season. In theory, he'll he'll have kind of like the fresh legs that you're looking for down the stretch. Also, I saw this. I was playing with the... uh, the Rotoviz Strength of Schedule app is a very helpful, cool tool. Also, Fantasy Bros has one that I was looking at. The Giants have the third easiest rest of season schedule for running backs, according to Rotoviz's app. Um, after the bye, they have a tough one at Tampa Bay, but from there, it's Philly, Miami, the Chargers, Dallas, Philly again, and Chicago. And I think he's going to get a full workload in all those games, um, in theory, if he could stay healthy. And also, just to add in here, like if if the Giants get healthy. Uh, with some of their skill players, they could have a chance of actually doing something on offense down the stretch. I know that's kind of um, hard to predict that will happen with the, with the way the Giants have done it lately, but all in all, I'm excited what, what Barkley can do down the stretch. I think he'll finally kind of show up and be that type of guy that like matches name value here. You know what I love doing? I love trading for guys who are about to go into the bye week because I feel like you can just get a little bit, a little bit, you can get it for 90 yeah. cents on the dollar yeah. instead of 100. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Totally. I agree. And also, I think this is one of those examples where if the person who has Saquon really loves Saquon and still thinks they're elite, like, don't bother. But if they're kind of annoyed that he's just right. been playing this season, that's exactly the kind of person that you want to try to pry Saquon from. It's not really 100%, worth it, though, if they yeah. still are in love with him. Okay. All right, DK, respecting the timer. Oh, well nailed done. it. Now you get to listen to me again. I'm going to disrespect it. Real quick, what's your confidence meter on Saquon <laughs> rest of the season? Real quick. Uh, I would say it's like an 8 out of 10. I think the the only lack of confidence I have is if he gets hurt again, which is, I think, the case with any player. Ultimately, I think he's going to get a strong okay. workload, and he has a good schedule. Okay. All right. Number two, hit it, DK. All right. C.D. Lamb for the Cowboys. Yeah. This one makes me feel good, DK. I got C.D. Lamb in my big league. He's He's been up and down, so go ahead. Yeah, I would say, so, like, at the beginning of the year, C.D. Lamb for me personally, was a player like, you could offer me anyone in the fucking league. I'm not giving up CeeDee Lamb. This is how excited I was for him coming into the season. And ultimately, honestly, he hasn't been as exciting or good as I think I'd hoped. He, right now, he's the wide receiver 16, coming off a really bad clunker. He had like a couple drops, didn't look so good. Um, well, I don't know if a drop is is fair. He had one that he should have caught or could have caught, and he dropped it. Um, the Cowboys offense looked terrible. Dak looked terrible. Um if there's anybody in your league that is kind of having second thoughts or basically is just sort of softened to the idea of giving up CD for whoever, like maybe they need a running back. Um, I really like him down the stretch. The Cowboys have, and again, this is the strength of schedule app on Rotoviz. They have this, the easiest opponent strength of schedule for receivers the rest of the way. And Fantasy Pro says I'm the second easiest. Um, so going forward, it's Atlanta. Kansas City, Las Vegas, New Orleans, Washington, Giants, Washington, and Arizona. Really the only tough fantasy or really the only tough defense in there is New Orleans. Like really, really good defense in there is New Orleans. Um crucially, fantasy playoffs, it's Giants, Washington, and Arizona, which is the second easiest in that stretch. Um, so I think there's like with the way they utilize him, his target rate is still really strong, 22%. Dak is gonna bounce back hundred percent. This offense, I trust Kellen Moore, all that stuff. I think. Ultimately, CD is going to be really reliable, has a really high ceiling down the stretch. He's a good player, good quarterback, good offense, all that stuff. I think matches up to have a good second half. He's the type of guy who could be like an actually top five receiver, right? Like in the in this latter half of the year. When you look at all of CD's bad games this year, his statistical bad games, it's not him. You know, it's not like he's playing poorly. It's always it's always a weird game. It's either yeah, been you know yeah. that week three and four stretch where 
the Cowboys just ran. That's all they did was run. When they beat Philly and Carolina, they ran the ball like 40 times. CD didn't play well there. But most of the time, it's usually a schematic reasons is why CD doesn't perform. It has nothing to do with his skill set or Dax. Yeah. This um, is the definition of a buy low. DK, what's your confidence meter here for CD as a trade candidate? I'm going to go seven. Okay. Still very. I think it's like a nine for me. For you? Okay. That's good to know. That makes me feel better. I'm like, I'm still very strongly thinking like CD is an elite talent. The only, the only like small concern I have is exactly what Craig just said is a little bit variable in the way that they attack opposing defenses. Um, but overall, like I, I told you about the schedule, like I think the schedule lines up really well. Maybe other than that Saints game, it lines up well for them to have like really efficient passing game. Okay. Number three, I'm, Gonna throw out there, Rob Gronkowski, man. Wow, Tied this is controversial. Bucks, who you probably <laughs> forgot about. So he is it kinda. Yes, actually, I agree because of the injury situation. My confidence meter mark. on this is like a four out of ten. I'm not okay. that confident. Well, he burns so bright. Like he he was running so hot in those first three weeks. I'm surprised that you think that he is this big of a trade target because you could argue at that time he was a, he was a sell high candidate. Yes, but he's now he's he's been hurt for so long that basically I, I think this is not one of those situations again where I'm saying just blindly go get Rob Gronkowski. What I'm saying is if you are one, a team that you think you're going to make the playoffs but you don't love your tight end situation, like you don't have a Kelsey, you don't have Darren Waller, you don't have a good tight end, but you want to make a splash. If you want a spicy tight end. And you look at the team that has Rob Gronkowski and they're fighting for a playoff spot and they're tired. He's probably not going to play this week. We'll see if he even plays the next week and they need something now to make the playoffs and you can help them or they're just frustrated. Like this is why you check in with the team. Sometimes they're like, no, I do, they're, I'm definitely going to play Rob Gronkowski when he comes back. But if they've already found someone that they like, if they found a Dalton Schultz or they have Dawson Knox or like they have a, t- a different tight end that they like, and they might not even play Gronk. You check the situation, and you can maybe get Rob Gronkowski for the playoffs. And again, the Bucks' schedule is pretty easy at the end of the season. That's kind of exactly the kind of dart throw you want to go and get. Do you see Gronk as a top 10 tight end to finish the year? Let's say just in the remaining eight games. Do you see him as a top 10 guy? It's not about the remaining eight games. It's about if he comes back and he's healthy for the, for the fantasy stretch run, then yeah, he'll probably be a top six tight end. So this is ranked every wow. week going in, just because the, his touch, his odds for a touchdown are as high as any tight end. Other this than is I guess like trying Kelsey. to put like an ace up your sleeve for the playoffs, essentially, right? Yeah, it's because when he plays, he's as good of a bet to get a touchdown as any tight end except Kelsey himself. This is definitely risky. So your confidence meter is four out of ten. Right? My confidence is low, but what I'm saying is, if you're like if you're t- if you've gotten far the swing, exactly. If you're confident in your ability to make the playoffs, but you're not confident in your tight end spot, this is like you're a home run. This is like you're swinging for a grand slam. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Um, all right. That's cool. Wow. All right. Did not convince Craig there. Jeez. All right. Let's see if I can get the next one. Okay. My next one, Adam Thielen, <laughs> Vikings. This to me is like what you kind of want to try to do with a buy low. Adam Thielen just had two catches for six yards. I mean, the Vikings offense, if you've seen them, has just looked putrid. But Adam Thielen actually has more targets and more air yards than Justin Jefferson over the last two weeks. And so this is another one. Like if the person has Adam Thielen's like a little nervous that like his run of touchdowns might again, he had the touchdown and that one of those two catches, but still two catches, six yards. Thielen overall, though, his like underlying numbers, like the opportunity he's getting is actually pretty solid and actually still supports the case that he's going to be a really like pretty solid second wide receiver for you. That's another guy I would kind of just check in on how that manager feels about Thielen and maybe go get him because again, 
I think that his, for whatever reason, his distribution with Justin Jefferson is a lot more equal than it seems. He's actually been getting more. This is a really good one. I like this yeah. one a lot. And what's, you know, what's funny about this is people look back at Thielen's 2020 and they're like, oh, it's 14 touchdown season. It's kind of an anomaly. Like, do I really want to bet on that happening again? He's got seven this year and eight games. And he's got more. I mean, his his 16 game, not even 17 game, his 16 game projection this year is better in every uh, category. Catches, yards, and tied for touchdowns and what he than what he wow. did last year. Wow. Do you think Justin Jefferson's a buy low too? I think both of these guys are buy lows. Jefferson's been good though. Yeah, my issue well, is Jefferson. A couple, like somewhat. Yeah, but you got to think games. of it from your from their perspective, and remember right, the IKEA effect, right. where it's like every th- anything you build from IKEA, you right. rationalize They're not more. Any player with Jefferson, no, you have to f- pick the That's players fair. that have frustrated someone. So it's like Gronk. It's like they're probably frustrated. He's played once in the last seven weeks. Like you know what I mean? Justin Jefferson, yeah. I don't think has yeah. pissed anyone off who has him. It's just like a little because Thielen scored more points than Jefferson this year in fantasy by I think three. However, it weird. feels different. That's it feels it does exactly. Yeah. Okay. Confidence meter eight. That's how you do with the timer, DK. Eight. Bam. We're cooking wow. with gas here today. All right. Number five, DK, take us away. All right. So I'm going with Miles Sanders for the Ooh. Eagles, which I really wouldn't have guessed that I would say maybe yeah. like three weeks ago. As as early as three weeks ago, I would not have said this. But I think that the way that the Eagles have shifted and kind of adopted or uh, at least want to try and run the ball, like obviously these last two matchups, there's been very... Um, like it, the opposing teams have been begging them to run the ball. That's not going to happen the rest of the season. That's not going to happen all year. However, I think Nick Sirianni is smart enough to know like their offense has looked a lot better the last two weeks. It's been much more balanced. Basically, everyone in Philly has been saying, dude, you have to at least run the ball some. Um, and we were talking about this earlier this week. I can't remember when. It's like Miles Sanders got hurt at the worst possible time. All of a sudden, the last two games, they run the ball like 40-plus times <laughs> in each of the last games when early on in the season, Miles Sanders was like begging to like carry the ball five times. Um, I'm not saying that the Eagles will run the ball 30-plus times a game going forward. I don't think that's necessarily true. However... I do think he's going to have much more of the workload that we were expecting before the season started. I think he's going to come back in, be the number one guy. I think they really like him. He looks really like he looked really good before he got hurt. He was really starting to come on. And the second half schedule actually sets up well for Sanders. I think um, fourth easiest schedule, according to SOS, strength of schedule um, per road of is for the Eagles for running backs in the fantasy playoffs in particular. They play the Washington football team twice. So it's, Washington football team, Giants, and then Washington football team again. Obviously, the football team has had a a very underwhelming defense. I think these games are probably going to be neutral where the Eagles have a chance to be winning. And in other words, they're probably going to be running quite a bit. Um, So these are, I think it just sets up well for Sanders to have a pretty big role down the stretch. What do you think? Well, you filibustered for the whole time, but I guess. Are you nervous that there's any kind of committee even when he comes back? I am nervous. my, My confidence meter on this is like a six. I, I still think he's clearly the number one. It's um, a low-risk, high-reward situation, right? He's you, know, you don't cheap. have to give up a lot. I would think he'd be relatively cheap based on what he did early in the season. The fact that he's still not officially back. Um, it's kind of like the Barkley thing. You know, if someone's just kind of sick of him and they need someone to start for them this week or whatever, go for it. The Miles Sanders people who have him and now have to watch like Jordan Howard getting better run than... Sanders got the entire season combined. That's to be infuriating. Okay, I know. I'm trying to think of like a comp, like a comp, like are you date. It's like when you date somebody and you're trying to get them to like 
you know, commit to one of your hobbies, like you love yoga, and they never do it. And the second you break up with them, they're with their new boyfriend doing yoga. And you're like, what the hell? This is what I want. Absolutely brutal. Yoga. Um, Number six, DK. I'm not going to filibuster this one. T. Higgins for the Bagels. Currently, the wide receiver 40. Obviously, that's not really what we thought he'd be. I thought he'd be like a wide receiver two or something like that. Well, is that overall or per game? That's overall, but he's still, per game, he hasn't been like super you know, reliable. I mean, he's, he hasn't had like really huge duds, but he hasn't had explosion games either. Uh, those could be coming. Um, and I think primarily, like, honestly, his, his target share is really good. He has a 23.7% target rate, which is one of the best among receivers. Jamar chase, by the way, is 24.9. So they're both very, very, very strong. They funnel those targets into those two guys. T Higgins is second right now only to Gronk. If it's good, good called out earlier. Um, in end zone targets per game. They're looking for this guy. Joe Burrow looks for this guy in the end zone a lot. Uh, this is according to Fantasy Points. And then um, the Bengals, crucially, are playing faster, more pass-heavy as the season goes on. They're starting to show more faith in Burrow. Um, I think primarily, honestly, Higgins is just kind of like underperformed because he's just underperformed in contested catch situations, which I think is a little bit... Like, it's not a sticky stat, like, necessarily. You know, it's just a situational thing. He hasn't really come down with passes that he could have come down with or probably should have come down with or in the past has come down with. So um, I think he's going to improve as the second half, over the second half of the season, as the season goes on. Um, and I think he has a chance to be out, really, really outplay what he's doing now. I don't know. I'm not saying he's going to be, like, a wide receiver one, but I do think he'll be, like, a low-end wide receiver two the rest of the way out. I mean, he hasn't scored a touchdown in, like, two months. I think that'll probably change. It's going to happen. Yeah, and I like the Bengals just in general going forward to, to throw a little bit more and, and Burrow to get better and just the entire offense to do a little bit better moving They're forward. They're in a slump. It, this it's is the, the same thing to, to me as Jamar There's Chase. No hype. There's no hype right now. This is the same thing as Jamar Chase in the Rams. So Jamar Chase has taken up all the, the hype, but like it's going to come back down to earth. I feel the same way about Cooper Cup and the Rams. Cooper Cup's on pace for the best PPR fantasy receiving season ever. I think that comes back down to Robert Woods and Higby just because it's going to have to. But Woods mm-hmm. had a big game, so it's kind of hard to say as a buy low, but I feel the same way about Robert Woods and T. Higgins. Yeah. Totally. And honestly, Higby, too. All right. Number seven. Well, first, wait, what's your confidence meter on T. Higgins, DK? I'd say it's like a seven and a half. I'm feeling okay. pretty confident. He's not going to be a bust for you if you trade for him. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud, or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Craig, number seven. Yeah, uh, I want to talk about Javante Williams on Denver, the rookie running back. Javante... The breakout hasn't exactly come yet for Javante. He's the running back 39 
on the season in points per game. But my gut says it's coming. This is kind of a gut call. DK, can you give us a brief rundown of what the second half of players' rookie seasons typically look like? So there's been there's been research done, and this the specific research that I saw was on receivers in particular. Having like if you look at their targets, receptions, yards, it's like fifty percent higher in weeks eight or like weeks nine on versus week one through eight. Um, I don't know for sure if it, it, it correlates exactly with running backs, but I think it's probably a very similar idea. In the fact well, and yeah, teams- in general, the idea is like, you know, they understand the game more, they get a little bit more comfortable, they get their sea legs, you could exactly. say. And look at, well, the way I look at Jonathan Taylor last year is the way I'm kind of hoping Javante Williams breaks out this year. It's practically a dead split still with him and Melvin Gordon. They essentially just trade off games of one of them getting like, a little bit more carries than the other. And even in the passing game, it's pretty close. But Denver has PFF's number one easiest schedule remaining for running mm-hmm. backs, which I like a lot. I know Javante's draft value hasn't really paid off a lot. I think that the people who took him in the fifth, sixth, seventh round are upset. They're annoyed because he's just like kind of a yeah. flex guy and that's it. And yep. listen, he's still running the ball really well. He had his best game of the season last week. He's still on pace to to break... Uh, not break, to beat the projection of his rushing total on the season. I, I bet that that was one of our props. It was like 800 yards. He's projected to go over that. And he looks really good. He passes the eye test. So if you want to bet on a rookie getting better in a Jonathan Taylor-esque way, I think Javante Williams is the best rookie running back you could do that for who's reasonably yeah. priced. This is exactly like this a buy low to me. It's like this is a player who has disappointed whoever drafted him. They have one touch, rushing touchdown the whole season. They're, the person who has them is watching Melvin Gordon as the long runs every week. And then you tap the glass. You're like, are you interested in a trade? And then if he has another meh week, they go into the buy. You can ask again. Like, Unless he blows up next week, this is the kind of person you, I think you want to target. This is uh, – Hyphens, we were talking about how, uh, you know, if you hit on a few of your – like if you have like a five-game parlay and you hit on a few of them and you're going into Monday night and you need to hit on like one more – and you're not feeling too confident, you sell that ticket. This is kind of like that, I feel like, because there's a chance that Javante just continues doing this usage down the stretch, and that's who he is. He's like a low-end flex, flex. guy and or whatever. He's not going to give you zeros, but he's not going to give you the huge blow-up that you want. However, you're kind of buying this ticket thinking, like, I could win big on this. If Gordon goes down, Gordon's been an injury pr- guide. I don't know. I, injury prone is like a hard word. I don't I don't necessarily He's been known to miss a game or two. He's he's missed games in the past, put it that way. Um and he has looked incredible lately. There's some questions of whether he's like picking the right lanes to run in and stuff and and I get that. That's probably that part of Jonathan like, Taylor learn, last year. Learning curve of a rookie uh, rookie running back. However, like his numbers for breaking tackles are off the charts. He looks great. He's explosive. I think he looks better than Gordon. It's not to say that Gordon looks good or looks bad, but he's just more dynamic and more explosive. And and they're they're using him in every role. It's like a true split where they're like they don't have individual roles. They're all just doing everything. They're both just doing everything. Does that make sense? Like they're both using him in the passing game. They're both using him in two minutes. They're both using him in the red zone. So um, if he if if Gordon got hurt, you have like that's a lottery ticket right there. Let's go one DK. All right. Uh, Craig, what's your confidence meter in Javante? Because this is a gut call, I'm just going to go right down the middle. I'm going to say five out of 10. All right. Number eight. Craig, back to you. Yeah. Dallas Goddard tied in on the Eagles. I almost put this one, Craig. I like this one. Yeah. Since Ertz left, it hasn't been great. He's the tight end 13 on the season in points per game, but they have a great schedule the rest of the way. Number one easiest per PFF. 
Uh, and he hasn't scored a touchdown in four weeks. This is the time to pounce. He's had five points and 10 points since Ertz left. The Eagles are running the ball like crazy in those two games. That's not going to keep up. Uh, five of their final eight games are playing the NFC East, including Washington twice. Uh, to me, this just makes a lot of sense. And honestly, if Jalen Hurts gets benched and Gardner Minshew comes in, I think that's even better for Dallas Goddard. So I think he's a great buy-low tight end guy for you. And like Rock. I- Love this one. I'm going to go try to do this in like all of my leagues. I love this one. This to me, if the Gronk one was like, I gave a four out of 10 confidence, I'm giving this one a nine. A nine relative to what you have to give up, him delivering, Dallas Goddard delivering what you have to give up is a nine out of 10. Like to what Craig, so basically when Zach Ertz and Goddard were on the same team this season, Goddard was playing two out of every three snaps. Now that Ertz is gone, Dallas Goddard is playing nine out of every 10 snaps. But it, no one's noticed because they had this weird stretch where the Eagles played the Lions and the Chargers who are the worst run defenses in the league. So the Eagles just ran like 40 plus times two weeks in a row after they were the running the least out of every team in the NFL. So now that they're out of this rushing stretch, Goddard is going to be really a one B receiver along with Devonte Smith. But, but the person who has Dallas Goddard might not even realize that yet. This to me is like the a one priority on this whole show. You could, so let me, I want to throw a couple names. I'm going to do a name game here because I actually think with the tight end position, that's one position where you can throw out like same position for same position type trades. Um, and some people might buy it. Like, for instance, if you throw out a trade for Dalton Schultz, for instance, for Goddard. Yo, that's a perfect example. Some people I might would, jump at that. If I'd I have Dalton Schultz, I would trade Schultz to the guy who is Goddard for Goddard and something else. Being like, because Schultz has been better, but I actually think Goddard will be better rest of the season because Michael mm-hmm. Gallup's going to come back for Dallas probably, mm-hmm. and that's going to do Schultz's work. That's a perfect example. No of fan, like, you can Henry. act like you're giving them a better player, but I actually yeah. think Goddard's going to be the better player going forward. Goddard's target rate over like since Earth has been traded is really strong. Um, he's a top ten target rate even with or like even yeah. playing in the games that Earth's played too. So yeah, I think going forward he he's going to have a strong second half of the year, and I also. Yeah. I th- I've been up and down on on Jalen Hurts and like my, my confidence, I guess, rate in him, but I'm feeling better about Hurts. Or about Hurts, sorry, he had a really good game this last week. Um, he's starting to look like he's kind of starting to feel better in this passing game. They're they're starting to get more in the groove in that passing game. So, um, pretty having more confidence in going down the stretch too. All right, sticky with tight ends, DK number nine, uh, Logan Thomas, who I think people have maybe forgotten about a little bit. He's been hurt for the last however many weeks five weeks four weeks um but i think he's going to be coming back soon he's out at practice already this week i don't know for sure if he's going to be back in games yet um but i'm I'm looking at this guy as like a potential very nice addition down the stretch if he's out on waivers definitely go get him if not try and trade for him you're not gonna have to give up a a bunch i wouldn't think um because someone's probably just been stashing him so if you look at their schedule down the stretch, third easiest strength of schedule, according to Rotoviz, they get Tampa Bay, Carolina, Seattle, Las Vegas, Dallas, Philly, Dallas, and Philly. By the way, Washington's schedule in the in the fantasy playoffs, so like in weeks 14 through 17, I know some people are not going to be doing it in week 14, but they play Dallas, Philly, Dallas, Philly. What the hell is going on here? Yeah, that's why the <laughs> NFC East, it's, it's funny that the Cowboys jumped out to such a lead because before the season, yeah. it seemed like there was no way the NFC East would be decided by December, but the Cowboys, yeah. unless they collapse, are going to be able to do it. But yeah, it's, the NFC East is crazy in December. So anyhow, I know that this doesn't correlate necessarily year over year, but Thomas is a guy that I remember last year went off down the stretch. And so I'm just thinking maybe he could come back, um, provide that um, underneath option for a passing game that's clearly can 
kind of been struggling with Heineke under center. I don't know if Fitzpatrick is going to come back, but if Fitzpatrick comes back, that might provide a little bit of a boost. Um, so all those things together, I think Logan Thomas is good. I think he's a better version of Ricky Seals-Jones, and Seals-Jones has been pretty usable week in and week out. So just keep him in mind. My only fear with this is that if somebody has been holding on to him this entire time, they may not want to bail Sure, right before sure. he comes back. I think that the answer is that if you've held on him in this long, Logan Thomas this long, you probably have found a solution in like the Schultz, Dawson Knox, Pat Fryermuth category, that's, and that he's been point. on IR. And once Logan Thomas comes off IR, you might like they might want to cut him, or they don't yeah. know what they're going to do. And those are the kind of people I would probably they, target. Maybe you can give him like, maybe you can give him like a second tier running back or something like that. You know, what's your confidence meter, DK, in Logan Thomas? Uh, I'm an eight on Thomas. I think he's going to have a good second half. Like he's just wow. a good player, gets a ton of targets and assume, assuming he gets back in healthy, I'm feeling good about it. Also to be clarified, when you say second tier running back, I think you mean like a fifth tier running back. I meant what I meant was like a flex. Sorry. Okay. Not, not a necessarily a guy that you're going to be using every week, but give Zeke Elliott for Logan Thomas. Bench. That's what DK wants you to do. Okay. <laughs> no. Number 10, this now we're lower in the note to the name brand value of this, but I'm it's Darnell Moody for the bears. Yes, I love Which this is one. Weird. I know this is like lower end. Honestly, what what I'm really talking about here is like if you're doing a different trade, Darnell Mooney's like the perfect throw in. Like you yeah. know when you do a two for one and you got to throw in the guy, Darnell Mooney's like a perfect like add on that the other guy doesn't care about. Darnell Mooney has been so much better than expected. He is the number one receiver for the Bears. That has been meaningless because the Bears have the worst passing game in the entire league. They're last in passing yards. They pass less than any other team in like neutral situations and just again the pass game sucked fields has sucked Matt, Matt Nagy that coach has sucked but if you watch Monday Night Football the Bears offense looked a lot better against mm-hmm. the Steelers the passing game looked better they're going into the bye so as Craig mentioned it's easier to trade for players on their bye and then two presumably the Bears will get a little bit of their shit together on the bye and here's the thing if the Bears go from literally the worst passing team in the NFL to average, or even just slightly below average, they don't even have to be good. If they're just kind of bad, Darnell Mooney will probably be like a legit fantasy player because he's getting so much of this offense. His rapport with Justin Fields is so good. The underlying numbers are solid. He is a good receiver, but the offense has been so bad that his slice of the pie doesn't matter. If the pie gets, again, just below average, and that slice for Darnell Mooney has will be valuable. And right now, you can get him for what? Like, almost free? Also, Allen Robinson had a hamstring injury last night on Monday Night Football. I considered throwing him on here, but the hamstring injury, I think, like, because you, how often can you get a talent like Allen Robinson? Maybe they figure things out over the bye. But the fact he has a hamstring kind of just makes me even more on Moody. Like, he's, he's, it, it feels like he's borderline going to have, I don't think anyone's attached to him. Mooney. And I actually feel the same way about Cole Komet if Allen Robinson's hurt, because Cole Komet's like free on waivers. But anyway, I'm just interested to see if the Bears are competent in the second half of the season because their value couldn't really be lower. I yeah. love this one. I like Mooney a lot. I think he's one of those guys that not only is he in a good situation to get... Because sometimes it's like, oh, this guy's going to be in a good situation to get targets in this offense, and that's the analysis. I think he also is a good player. Like, he's legit can get open, and he's a good player. He's, like, really good hands, really good body control, they used him on a, like a an end round where he scored a touchdown last night. Um, he was a draft target for us at the start of the year. Yeah, yeah. he's he's just like coming into his own, and and like you said, Heifetz, he's actually the number one receiver. I mean, like yeah. I hate to say it, but like he's passed up Allen Robinson. Part of that is the uh, the narrative that came out of the preseason where Justin Fields has taken all his reps with the second team. Like, good job, Nagy, again. But like he has a lot of chemistry 
with with Mooney um, because they worked out together after practices and things like that. Like Allen Robinson really didn't get the time for whatever reason. So um, I know mean, I know that Mooney was like playing with the first team generally, but they they have talked about how they they work together a lot and they like have a lot of chemistry. So I think that's important. Um, I like that one. My confidence on Mooney is like a six that he'll improve, but relative to what you'll have to give up to get Darnell Mooney, my confidence is like an eight and a half that he'll improve on the pittance you'll have to give up to get him. I don't think anyone's very attached to him. Want to do it? You, you guys want to do a, like two or three guys that we didn't put in this exercise for whatever reason, but we want to talk about? Yeah, but you have to first make an analogy of what this is in the Power Hour drinking game. In the Power Hour drinking game, uh, I I don't. Is this when you lose no, track what of that what's happening and you just kind of hang out and you don't notice that the music has changed? Yeah, is this like you went to the bathroom, <laughs> so you came back and just chugged a whole beer just to catch up? Yeah, basically. Up? Yeah, let's go with that. Or okay. really, I guess if it's like a 90s power hour, there would be like an 80s scene, but that's not really it because you're not really deciding. I don't know what the power hour analogy is, but my point is I wanted to ask Montage. you guys about Tyler Lockett because I don't think he's a buy low because Russ is back. So yeah. if you have Tyler Lockett and he's sucked for you for like, how long has Russ been out? Like like more than a month? Four I weeks. don't think the guy yeah. who has Tyler Lockett re- or the whoever has Tyler Lockett really wants to give him up now that Russ is back. However, I also do think Tyler Lockett will be really good down the stretch. So it felt like cheating to put him on this list because realistically, you're not going to get him at a value. But I, I don't know. I, do you guys agree that Lockett's probably going to get way better? Well, what yeah. sucked is that he just yeah. had a 12 catch, 142 yard performance. <laughs> and that didn't problem. happen. Yeah, that's it's too much, I think. I don't think anybody's going to give okay. him up after that. On that, I agree. But I think he'll be better, but the window's closed. On that note, um, Mike Williams. Yeah. Perfect by uh, Amazing, blazing month. Then he's been awful. And then now what do you do with him? This is a by window, but do we actually believe in him? This is, a, this is really a question about the Chargers offense more than it is Mike Williams. Uh, it's always funny to me because by are... At times, they're very obvious. You know what I mean? Like, this guy was fucking tearing it up in the early part of the season and now they're in a lull so obviously go get him but also there's this nagging doubt in the back of your mind like craig you just said what if it maybe the work? offense is all fucked up and they just can't get it get back going um so i mean that that is the internal struggle i think the underlying numbers are strong enough i think the talent is there i think he's got fucking herbert at quarterback i'm saying he's i think he's a buy low here's I think the concern i'm gonna, I'm gonna here's land the on concern. that concern yeah so we basically after five weeks we're like so the uh, Joe Lombardi brought the Chargers the Saints offense and that Mike Williams is Michael Thomas. And then week five against Cleveland, Mike Williams had 16 targets and eight catches. And since then, in the three games since then, he has 15 targets and six catches. So he has less targets and catches in the last three weeks than he had in the game before that. And But I do think the Chargers are going to have to scheme up ways to get him the ball again. And that's really what you're betting on, that he's somewhere between what he was for the first month and the second month. I mean, yeah, look at the the look at what happened in the games where he only got these five targets. They've lost two of them and they barely beat the Eagles. Yeah, but you're also betting on Joe Lombardi to adjust, which we'll see. Okay. I it's, think it's they, he had a he had a knee he he came up on the injury report in week six with a knee injury. That could be contributing too to this. Well, that's so, scary. Well, that's why he's that's why he's in this weird bonus round where we don't know yeah. what we want to do about him. And the last one what do we should we call this the white claw round? What is it? The white claw round. Yeah, this is the white claw. That's per that's exactly what this white claw round. Like we this is even count as power. It's just we're just sitting watching you know what this is? We're just sitting and watching the music video power hour, but we're not drinking to it. Yeah. That's what it or is. The, we just the like group the music of friends videos. is doing a power hour and you're not really catching that vibe. So you're just kind of sitting off on the side sipping, sipping. a beer. Yeah, like you're you are still sipping. drinking. That's what yeah. it is. And this is the ultimate example of that, which is Patrick Mahomes. Mm. And that 
is he a buy low or are you an idiot for trying to get Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. You know, so one thing I don't love looking at strength of schedule at the start of the season. However, as you move closer to the playoffs, I actually think looking at the fantasy playoff strength of schedule for whatever guy you're looking at is super important and really matters. Mainly for for like running backs, I really look at it. But man, so the way Mahomes is playing is obviously bad. Everybody knows that. But his final three games, if you were to trade for him and then have him for weeks, uh, would it be 15, 16, and 17? He plays the Chargers, the Steelers, and the Bengals. Not exactly the greatest playoff run there for Mahomes. I don't know if he's a buy low. I mean, he yeah. is, but... The Chargers defense gives up a lot of easy stuff, but, like, that's what they've been struggling with. That's what they've been struggling with, yeah. yeah the that's Chargers hold... Yeah, I feel like they were the ones who invented the, like, this right, year, right, at right. least, like, the keep it in front of you, Brandon Staley, that's what he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, here's... I yeah, mean, he, I think well, just, just as a reminder, I think Jordan Love was not very impressive in this Packers-Chiefs game, and yet Jordan Love's stats were, like, pretty similar to Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I mean, Patrick yeah. Mahomes last week, just to throw it out there, he had 160 yard, six yards and a touchdown on 37 throws. 166 yards and a touchdown. They won 13 to 7. I mean, <laughs> if, if, like by another name, if his name wasn't Patrick Mahomes, I mean, you'd think that Mahomes' lines the last few weeks would be like it was Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, but it is Mahomes. And that's the but thing. But it is like, Mahomes. And that's the thing. This is yeah. as cheap as Mahomes. May, might ever be for the next like decade, honestly. Like in that's terms of a trade. That's the argument for it trade value um it's definitely the cheapest he's been in the last few years if you want to trade for him like you certainly have uh ross like guys that are rostering him losing confidence like his last three weeks has been really bad the offense has looked out of sync anytime you're buying low on anyone like there's a reason it's called a buy low like he's had a couple bad games you have to kind of have like a leap of faith and hope that it gets better I'm buying low on Mahomes. Yeah, I think I, I, I think, think he's going to bounce back again. If the person who has Mahomes has another quarterback, that's good. Like a Jalen Hurts, a Tom Brady, someone that's outperforming Mahomes themselves. That's an obvious example where well, they might want to trade Mahomes and not really care. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Want to get some emails? Yeah. All right. It's some great emails. We're drunk off the power hour. Thank you to everyone who emailed us. Email us <laughs> at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Now we're just drunk scrolling through emails at two in the morning. Yes. It's honestly, I, I've probably responded to some of you drunk. That's probably happened. Uh, okay. <laughs> First of all, last episode, we mentioned the Great Pyramid of Memphis, where mm. there's this this 300 foot Bass Pro Shops pyramid <laughs> in Memphis, Tennessee. We've got a lot of Bass. feedback on that. Yeah. Uh, so. We had several emails, so I kind of like compiled them into one. So thank you if you emailed about the the Great Pyramid of Memphis uh, from Kyle. 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 Uh, he, he said to mention the pyramid was originally an arena for Memphis College basketball team and then later the Memphis Grizzlies, which I did not know. Also, someone else mentioned that it was also a venue for marginally popular professional tennis tournaments for, for several years. Um from Kyle, I moved to Memphis unknowingly the year the Pyramid of Memphis opened up as the Bass Pro Shop, and it's fucking awesome. It's got a bar at the top of the pyramid with an overlook of the city and a bowling alley at the base. It's also got a honeymoon suite. 
which is maybe the trashiest thing I've ever heard of. A honeymoon suite. Or the most romantic. Do you not know what love is? <laughs> you, would, you, I, wouldn't, I, you wouldn't take your significant other to the top of the pyramid. The Bass in, Pro, the Shop Bass Pro Shop Shop's pyramid in Memphis, Tennessee. Then you That's get some ass say. pro shop that night. <laughs> can I, can oh, I ask you guys no. a question? What are the odds you think we could get um, corporate Swedish Daddy Spotify to sponsor Corporate sweet cor- us staying in the in the hotel. In the Bass Pro Shop. The Bass the Pro Shop Suite. Honeymoon Suite. <laughs> do you think we could like do a live show from there? Oh my God. Um I would love to. It's worth a shot. Do you guys okay. also know that Long Beach State has a uh, Walter Pyramid? They also their basketball arena is a giant pyramid as well. What? Yeah. Is it a Bass Pro Shops? It's not a Bass Pro well, Shop. Then I, why but- would I give a shit? Well, because it was Memphis played games there. I'm just saying that. Uh, I've actually been to it. I, I played there in high school for something. But yeah, they're also a giant pyramid. I don't know what's up with these pyramids. Wait, the re- I want to look at the rest of this email here because yeah. it's, it really just keeps going here. We, the honeymoon suite derailed us. But Sorry, I, I it says broke off f- the quote here. I broke off the email to be cl- totally clear. Breaking back into the Kyle's email. Um, he said the honeymoon suite, a former coworker of his used because their original hotel canceled on them at the last minute and the Bass Pro Shop accommodated them with no issue. It's basically a full-sized aquarium with alligators around the bass of the elevator. I think it's base of the elevator. Oh, sorry. Well, I guess <laughs> sorry, I'm, so, I'm so onto the bass thing. Yeah, bass, bass Pro, <laughs> bass pro <laughs> It's not base Pro Shops. Wait, uh, do they really have alligators at the elevators? Is this real? This is bizarre. Alligators. This place I don't even like know what to Google. Alligators, Bass Nirvana. Pro Shops, Memphis yeah. Pyramid? I feel like that's like a Mad Lib. I feel like if I make one wrong thing, I'm going to get QAnon. If I Google, if I get Seriously. one wrong thing in this Bass Pro Shops pyramid. Okay, so okay. finally, Kyle goes on to say, "My friend came down to visit, and he, and he and I got so drunk at the bar, we started wandering around the shop, making our way to an extremely large waterfowl exhibit, where we asked to leave after purchasing duck calls and spending probably thirty minutes using them at the bird displays. <laughs> if the Bills lose to the oh Jets God. this week, I will be visiting again so I could jump off of it." <laughs> Wait, I also have Googled the. I've been reading men's. There, I'm reading. Someone wrote like a whole thing about this place. The allig- three alligators lurk within a six hundred thousand gallon pond on the ground floor. Wow. And then, and there, there's also they are joined in this pond with eighteen hundred fish and an unfortunately growing constellation of coins tossed by guests who think the alligator pond is a wishing well. Oh no! <laughs> so those alligators are rich. Oh, <laughs> it's like the Scrooge McDuck, except there's alligators guarding the coins. It's basically uh, the Hobbit. Wow. I enjoy the, I really enjoyed all the emails and tweets yeah. and stuff that we got about the Great Pyramid of Memphis. There's some like good songs about it. There's a interesting story. Apparently the guy who owns Bass Pro Shops like caught a bass down the, down river from the, from the pyramid. And that was like the inspiration to get, to buy this pyramid. I, what? It's just bizarre. You know yeah. that show Superstore, where it's like just people who work at a grocery store. I'd love a TV show <laughs> or a reality show at that at that matter of the people who just work in this bad. We should shops. do Big Brother, like you know, <laughs> twenty people just stay in a house and Sue can leave. It's like twenty people just have to live in the honeymoon suite of Bass Pro Shops Pyramid, and Bass just whoever brother. can make it. Yeah, Bass Brothers. This place sounds better than like the Epcot Center. I just go here it's, for vacation. My God, with my child. there's so much room for activities. Okay. We also got a lot of emails about DK being a father. Yes, uh. this is the Fantasy Parent Corner. Just a really quickly going to break through these. From Matt. 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 Gents, DK was very close in his assessment of having kids. The reality is, number one, kids are great. Number two, kids ruin everything. Thanks, Matt. 
That's uh, <laughs> that's it. That Thanks, Matt. Does I, seem like a good summation of everything I've heard. I agree with this, and I just want to say for the record, uh, Calvin is still sick. <laughs> He's still at home. He's sleeping in the room next to me. So if he wakes up and starts screaming, then you'll know. <laughs> um, we are honestly like losing our minds because Calvin has been sick. I think like twenty out of the last twenty-five days or something like that. Ooh. It's been ridiculous. Um, anyway, another one. This is a good one. This one made me laugh out loud. All right, from William. William. Will. Well, yeah, Will I am. To, like the Will. William. Big Willie. Uh, on the Big last girl. episode, DK was talking about his toddler son loving garbage trucks. I have a toddler son. Or I too have a toddler son who loves trucks. It's for sure a toddler boy stereotype. Yes, it is. But it's true. Anyways, when DK mentioned that every time a garbage truck rolls by, he tries to get his son's attention to go and see it. I also did this for my son until the unthinkable happened. A few months ago, my son and I were at a Walmart, and he, we, agreed to get a small toy for him. And he puts agreed in quotes because, you know, how kids are. Um, when we walked by the toy vehicle, Theo ran to the toys. He ran to the toy garbage trucks and handed, to me, handed it to me and said, Dad, Dad, it's a garbo truck. You love garbo trucks. <laughs> I was stunned. And suddenly it flashed back every time I was excited to see a garbage truck, excavator, bulldozer, or any large construction machinery. Um, he was pretending to do it for his son, but his son thought that he was the one that loved it. So his son was essentially humoring oh him. God. That's sort of sweet, though, you know? I love this. Yeah. Yes. It's so true, That's though. incredible. Like, the son is like, you love garbage trucks. Those things are stupid, idiot, bullsh bullshit things, but like, you love them. So they're full I'm of garbage, but they're my what dad's favorite thing. What a mature thing to say for a child. <laughs> father, you love those. We'll get one for you. That's Bottle sorry. that energy on Father's Day when they're 16 and just want to drive away somewhere else. I also like that he calls them Garbo trucks. Garbo's actually Garbo. kind of nice. Yeah. Garbo. It'd be like a part of the Dare Leaked line. Sounds like an app for like an Uber for garbage trucks or something. <laughs> All right, that's pretty good. Okay. We got a couple of emails moving on. Th yeah, that can was, I, can that I, was can I get assessment. into the pole assassin monkey monkey lawyer emails we got? <laughs> oh, we're like back that. on pole assassin? Oh, yeah. We got a lot of emails about the pole assassin monkey law trials. Okay. <laughs> I kind of, we got, we got like four or five different from different lawyers uh, with their so own So many lawyers listen to the show. Their own different, we had several different like interpretations of the law, by the way. So it's very oh. interesting stuff. Um, Thank you to all the eat lawyers yes. who emailed us at ringerfantasyfootball.gmail.com. I appreciate it. We could literally could not get all of them in. Like there was just too much law case <laughs> case law cited. I read more about like animal injury cases in Texas this week than I ever would have thought in my entire life combined. I will say that I, I'm going to go through just one. Ryan wrote, Ryan. "I'm a new lawyer, but during bar studying, we learned that there are torts for injuries caused by wild animals." The exact law varies state to state, but in most jurisdictions, owners of wild animals are strictly liable for the injuries their animals cause, meaning that if you can prove the injury occurred and the animal is yours and the animal caused the injury, you are liable no matter what your intent was. If Texas holds to this general rule and Texas classifies monkeys as wild animals, then pole assassin is likely strictly <laughs> liable for this injury and the child can sue for money damages. Wow. And a there real story that happened was as I read this email, I thought that money damages was monkey damages. I <laughs> <laughs> so I thought the child could sue for monkey damages. So that's where we're at. Pole assassin's liable. However, I want to give important context from Doug. Doug basically corroborates this, but says he found the following statute. Section 822102, uh, paragraph 8 of Texas law, as we all know. <laughs> yeah. A dangerous yeah. wild animal owned by 
and in possession of custody control of a college or university solely as the mascot for the college and university <laughs> is exempt from certain Texas regulatory oh guidelines. In conclusion, in conclusion, <laughs> if the Texans, if the Texas Longhorns get rid of that bull Longhorn mascot and adopt the pole <laughs> assassin monkey as the official UT Austin mascot, the pole assassin monkey would not be liable in this case. This oh is insane. God. This is the 2021 thing. This would happen. This <laughs> will happen. I think this would be very popular in Texas. There was also there was also much discussion about this thing called the attractive nuisance doctrine, by the way, on several of these emails where basically the law says if you have something that's dangerous on your property that that inherently attracts children and then they get hurt because they're like a child and they come in and like this attracted them to you, to to your property or whatever. It's not technically or I guess it doesn't matter if it's technically trespassing because it attracted those children. However, I had one lawyer point out, and this is why law, the law is so great, that a detractive nuisance in in the attractive nuisance doctrine, it can't be an animal. It has to be an inanimate object. Ah. <laughs> So I, I love you know DK's a father because he's really interested. In the all law the, in is all just the, the so specific reasons. and weird. Seriously, the funny thing part about it is that like every weird legal code, like something happened that someone needed to write that. There is they all, had to yeah, figure that precedent. out. <laughs> yeah, that's seriously. crazy. All right, now let's get to the actual law that matters, which is fantasy court. Yes. All right. Who do you want? Who wants to read it? I'm going to read it. You can email us your fantasy court cases at Ringer this Fantasy from Ray? Football. Yeah, this is from Ray. You can email us ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com. This is a very important case. This is from Ray. Ray writes Our league is experiencing strife that can only be settled by a binding fantasy court ruling. Our league is it's a mix of work and peripheral friends. Not everyone knows each other very well or even at all. There are two managers in the league who are married and just gave birth to their beautiful baby girl this past Monday morning. And that is where the rift begins. Always starts with a baby. Oh, literally. Yeah, don't have a baby to make things easier, guys. Baby the rift, end, yeah. the rift begins. Baby was not due for several weeks, but even so, the mom was prescient and had her fantasy lineup set early in the week. <laughs> Such before a wild her move. water mom broke. Move. Unexpectedly Saturday afternoon, the water breaks and and during an arduous 40 plus hours of labor, I will say Jesus. that again, 40 plus hours of labor into mo early Monday morning, she had her lineup set due to her maternal preparedness. And she not only that, she won, spanked the guy writing this email's team, basically doubled him up. And he writes, no doubt adding joy on top of the already joyous event of bringing new life into the world, which I'm sure is equal to winning in fantasy football. Eh. <laughs> Can you imagine, imagine how much you won by? Can you imagine losing to someone who's like been giving labor from Thursday night football through the Sunday games and you lost to them? <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's tough. That's uh, like Serena winning while pregnant. Anyway, the problem lies with her less prepared basement dwelling team husband. Wow. <laughs> Did the, not the, have team, the team is basement dwelling, not the husband. Yeah, sorry. Well, I don't know. <laughs> this is it. it feels a little pointed. He yeah. did not have the foresight to set his lineup during baby time on Saturday, and he left Tua as Tua Tungovailoa Tungo in as his starting quarterback with Matt Ryan on the bench. Tua, being a late scratch, got a zero. Matt Ryan had 28 points. After hearing the news of all the family excitement, the league commissioner, as a kind gesture, offered to swap Matt Ryan for Tua's zero after the fact on Sunday night, figuring no one in the league would care. 
However, the team playing against the unprepared father vehemently objected, saying, rules are rules, blah, blah, blah. Everyone should rules equally. New baby, big life, I get it. But, like, where do we draw the line, you know? And then just Slippery slope. Slippery slope. <laughs> you know, a baby. What next? And then the guy continues the email. Just typing out this quote makes me laugh very hard and fills me with all of the feelings that I aim to feel when playing fantasy football. <laughs> The disheveled dad is pissed because he doesn't even know the manager who's bitching about the swap, which he didn't ask for, and but now kind of wants to do the swap because the guy's being such a dick about it who doesn't <laughs> want it to happen. Yeah. I also support the swap because it's kind of an extreme circumstances thing. There's more than wins and losses at stake. It's also like season point tallies and also just fantasy precedent. There's a small amount of money in the buy-in, but really it's a very friendly league. My feeling is we should keep it friendly, allow small kindness and gestures as or do we uphold order and not allow a baby exception? We will yield to the fantasy court. I think this needs to be like a special ruling to create precedent that if a fantasy lineup gets fucked up because of the birth of a child, the commissioner can take executive action. I think that's I think that's the rule. I, that's my ruling. For anyone who's gone and had to go to the hospital, especially parents who have gone through 40 hours of labor... This is an extreme circumstance. This is not a slippery slope. <laughs> if you're going to the hospital, I think this this counts. And also the fact that it's not a big buy-in. Like if this was like a big money buy-in thing, like that'd be different. This is like a friendly league. Who gives a shit? I think that's I think that's the precedent the precedent that we need to set here. And we can call it we can have like a cool name for it, like the baby rule or something. I want to bet, Craig, give me the odds here. I want to bet the money line that the person upset about this doesn't have children. <laughs> What's the money line on that? Minus 600? I was going to say minus 700. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually kind of hard for me. Is that bad? Is it because I don't have children? Is that why I'm... <laughs> Probably. I think that this is a big children, no children divide. Well, because you know what, DK? Maybe it is a slippery slope. So what happens if you break your arm, you slip and fall on Sunday morning, you got to go to the hospital? Is that guy's lineup just safe too? And he's in the hospital for 40 hours. <laughs> well, it doesn't uh, matter. It, you know, yeah. it, let's let's say the the hospital stay is more than it's more than twenty four hour in the hospital. Here's what I think that. is hilarious. Since though, we're, we're, since we're out. just getting done all these emails from lawyers and stuff like that, like let's set it to that. This is the attractive nuisance but law. Here's here's or attractive here's, whatever. But he, should it be anything that takes you away from the games before ten o'clock on Sunday morning? If anything takes you away that you can't control and is potentially life threatening. It doesn't have to be 24 hours. It could just be Now that you hours, put right? it like that, life-threatening. Yeah, that is the rule. Anything even remotely life-threatening. for when people are having a fucking kid? This is, a, this is a, one of the most momentous life events any I think it needs to have. be life-threatening because you need a broader scope here. <laughs> no, it is offensive. Dude, it NFL is players miss know, real games. To, okay. NFL okay. players miss real games for the birth of their children. I do want to throw that out. That's a great point. <laughs> I, I want to throw this out too. I will, if I can play devil's advocate here. We're, what we're basically saying is this life event is so momentous that how could anyone have been prepared for this? The mother who actually gave birth <laughs> won and was fine. And I feel yeah, like... Yeah, but Tua got scratched like an hour before Yeah, if she had Tua on her team, it wouldn't have matter how prepared she was. No one saw this Tua news coming. So I'm, I'm going back to... I feel like I've said this and been pretty consistent about it. Like... Uh, the commissioner should have the ability if if 
the majority of people in the league especially agree that like to to do these types of things where it's like it's not technically within the rules but it's with the spirit of the game this guy was his wife was giving birth like he wasn't if he was around he should have been on be his phone Tua. swapping out Tua if his he priorities had 40 were right hours. What was if he his doing? priorities were right he would have been like on his phone during the birth i think yeah. this is basically fantasy paternity leave and i yes. think that where the real this legal system has failed right yeah. I think where the real legal system has failed. What are we, one of three countries in the world without the paid maternity leave? Why don't we take this chance at the fantasy court to rectify and we establish fantasy universal and per- paternity universal leave. Yes. Maternity, <laughs> universal parental leave in fantasy. Uh, yeah, I think that that just grants for, you know, I would give it a week. I think I agree. The child. There should be authorization that if anybody is going into labor, the commissioner then can act as a proxy for that person and, you know, yeah, fill in their lineup how they would fill it in. I really think this other person is a dick. <laughs> well, yeah. I respect it, though. I do. I'd push for it. But also, like, you don't know them. This is like a co-work league. I'm trying to think about if this happened to me, and I'd be mad that they didn't set their lineup. And then they're like, yeah, he didn't set the lineup because he gave birth. I'm going to put Matt Ryan in for him. I'd be like, well, he didn't give birth. He was there as his child was being born. I'd be like, hey. yeah, that, that's cool. I would say here's here's what I would say in the opinion when we're writing and when we're saying when we're giving our like you know our verdict here in the opinion that you attach to it I would say there's stipulations where if this is a big money league things change this is not a big money league this is like a for fun league let's 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 separate the two types of leagues into a family for fun league and then a big money league big money league different story this is like civil case and criminal case exactly <laughs> Felony wow. versus misdemeanor. That's actually, I like this a lot, yeah. This is not a felony. <laughs> this is a civil case. Yes. This is a civil case. Um, I think that I think that that's where I would draw the line. Also, I want to follow up with you guys. Uh, I didn't mention this at the beginning because I wanted to get your genuine reaction. I, I was I followed up with Ray. The guy who, the, the uh, not the disheveled dad, the other guy, he actually ended up winning. Because <laughs> we got this email Wait, on Sunday night. Wait, despite the Matt Ryan edition? Yes, he ended up winning because he had he had. Oh, I Claypool. bet he feels like a dick now. Oh, what a dick! He Wait, had even Claypool the, oh and God. the Steelers. He had Claypool on the Steelers defense, and he ended up winning by like a few points. So, so it was to be all clear, in, he, nothing changed. He would have won either way. But now all of his coworkers just think he's an absolute dick who is like, "Oh, you, you, your wife gave birth. Sucks to suck." You better get them a nice baby present, man. Dude, no, they that don't know each like, other, though. That's the thing. Still. It's just some guy. The, mute, uh, dude, all, the points do, I guess the points technically matter, but like, whatever. You still got the that's win. That's pathetic. All that's right. Funny. Sorry to that guy. All right. I think that's all we got. Yeah. All right. Thank you to Ray for that email. Thank you to Dougie and Ryan and all the lawyers. Really, thank you to all the lawyers who emailed us. We got a lot. Uh, and all the parents. Ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com if you have, you know, poll assessment thoughts. You know, birth, actually, birth thoughts maybe keep We're just going to start a segment called Pole Assassin Pole Assassin Thoughts. Thoughts, Pole Assassin thoughts. thoughts right. is spelled T H O T S. Oh, wow. That's pretty good. Oh, that my God. Good. That's pretty good. All right. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you um, to whatever higher power is responsible for the miracle of life. That's, that's great. <laughs> Huge fan of that. And was there, there was someone else I was going to thank? Thank you to all the lawyers that wrote us very specific and detailed emails about the pole assassin case. That's very Thank helpful. Thank you, Bass Pro Shops. Yeah, Bass Pro Shops. There was something else. Oh, I can't even think of it now. Thank you, Alligator Elevators. 
Yeah, that. I, I don't know. Yeah, think. Yeah, we're only going to think Bass Pro Shops if we get the honeymoon suite at Bass Pro Shops. We're going to yeah. save that one. Anyway, thank you, Lorne. <laughs> Lorne. Uh, thank you, The Shins. Mm. This is bothering me. What was the other person I was going to think? I can't even remember. Uh, was it, did you think of it when we were doing the final emails and stuff? We're going to thank like OBGYN, the, the nurses in the, the, I, I suppose that would have been a nice thing to do. The that unit? Wasn't what was what is it mind. called? What's the baby unit called? The maternity ward? Yeah, maternity ward. Baby squad? I think that's what it is. <laughs> uh, I will say in a moment of seriousness, like the, the nurses in the maternity ward were like fucking awesome. My mom still talks about the nurse uh, from when I was born. You have a profound, profound respect and appreciation for those people and the doctors that are there too when you're going through that. I mean, I didn't give birth clearly, but I was there. And, Fun fact. Yeah. My pediatrician was the first person to ever hold me and delivered me. Mm-hmm. And I saw her f- all the way up until I was 18 and she was the first person to ever hold me. That is just a bizarre thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is like a you know, obviously like one of the biggest moments of your life or whatever for the, your mother. And then for you, obviously it's a huge moment. Um, for them, it's like a Tuesday. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so weird. <laughs> <Nuts>. <laughs> they just do this shit every day. I don't know. It's crazy. Anyways, big respect. Fred, for what did people. you say your mom said about having a kid? It's like your heart beats outside your body. Yeah. I lo- I, it's I it's like that. you're watching your heart outside your body. Whoa. Deep. Yeah. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>